0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me for a few moments to the book of Mark. I want to go to the book of Mark. I'm going to begin reading at Mark 25. And um, it's amazing just to even hear um, this morning. Um, rarely, I can say for 99.8% of the time, myself, nor pastor Ben, talks about what we're going to share or preach and um, but I'm I'm very excited to hear that there is a a vein I believe that we've tapped into that God may be speaking some things to our heart as a church and um even from some of, some of the things that he shared this morning but how many of you were here last week in the morning services anybody here raise your hand if you were here last week a few of you wow not many at all but I'm going to preach this evening a part 2 Of what I preached last Sunday morning in the 9. I think it goes right along even with what Pastor Ben shared this morning. And um, I tried to get away from it. I wanted to preach something else. But there's just some other things that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to draw to our attention in this story here that I'm going to share. And um, it comes from Mark chapter 5. If you want the first part of it, you have to get the podcast. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not going to digress that much for the sake of time and to get out what... um, I believe the Lord wants me to get out, but I called it last week. I called it attention grabbing faith. In other words, faith that grabs the attention of God. Uh, You didn't know that faith had fingers, did you? But faith has a touch and faith has a grip that knows how to grab the attention of our God. And we see this. Here in this story that i'm going to um, begin uh sharing and reference from and draw out some things that i pray that it will bless you and really encourage you so mark chapter 5 beginning it said now there was a certain woman who had a flood a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things many from many physicians it's one thing to be suffering on your own it's another thing to go to the doctor and suffer even more did you catch that She wasn't just suffering from what she had going on, but the Bible said she suffered many things from many physicians. It's messed up when your doctor keeps messing you up. She had spent all the money she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes or the hem of his garment, one translation says, I shall be made Well, notice what she said, not might, not maybe, possibly, but she said, I shall be made well. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? But his disciples said, one of the um, uh, uh, different um, gospel writers said it was Peter, should have known, said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? You know, there's like, really, Jesus, all these people out here in this crazy crowd and you're talking about who as in singular touched you. They find it very ridiculous what he's saying, actually, if you knew the context of it, but it's. And the scripture said, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Let's jump into this story real quick because I really believe that it's going to speak to us in the area of this faith that grabs God's attention. Understand that faith is a fundamental and foundation of, of Christianity. Faith is what will get us through storms. Faith is what will get us through difficulties. Faith is what gets us through the challenges of life. The Bible says this in Romans 117. It says the just shall live by faith. And for the believer, in other words, faith is a lifestyle, not just a thing that I do in the moment. In other words, I don't have just faith for a moment or faith for a certain thing or faith for a period of time. But if I am a believer and a follower of Christ, faith has to be a lifestyle for me. In other words, I want to ask you, what are you believing God for right now? When faith is a lifestyle, I am in a perpetual state of believing God for something. I'm in a perpetual state, believing God to move, to provide, to break through, to turn around, to move mountains. It's the life that I live because faith will never be settled, but it's a lifestyle. And I want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself the question, what am I believing God for now? In other words, the basis of believing God, let me say it like this for something should not always be a tragedy. Should not always be a hardship. Sometimes the greatest faith or or the belief that we could have is God. God, I'm believing to know you more. I'm believing to draw closer to you. I'm believing that there is a side of you that I've never seen before. I want to believe that there's something that you want to speak to me, that my, my ears have not heard or do for me that my eyes have not seen, and some things that you want to deposit in my heart that have not yet gotten there, if I dare to live a lifestyle of believing and trusting in you. Understand that face focus is always rooted in three words: God is able. I'm going to say it again. God is able. The opposite of faith is fear. Fear. Fear wants to cripple faith. Fear wants to paralyze faith. Fear wants us to acquiesce and draw back. Fear wants you to hide. And fear wants you to just to be content and settled where you are. There's always the voice of fear that will rise up when you start out in the walk of faith. Notice that the voice of fear will always try to shut down the walk of faith because fear will always say it's impossible. But faith will say with God, all things are possible. Fear will always say you're a victim, but faith will always say you're a victor. Fear will always say, we just don't have enough. But faith will say, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Fear will always say what you cannot do and what you cannot obtain and where you cannot go. But faith will always say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I refuse to live a life paralyzed by fear and I declare that I will live a life Walking by faith. God has not given you or me or any of us in here a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. I need you to give God one amen on that, and I'm going to move on. Above everything that we are and everything we can do, God prizes faith. Understand that God always looks for faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, one one that we refer to as the hall of faith, or we would say hall of fame, but in the Bible it would be the hall of faith. It is in this particular chapter that it begins that says in Hebrews chapter 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the Bible said by it or by faith the elders obtained a good report. But I wanted them to put up the Amplified Version to help you understand what it's saying about faith. It says, now faith is the assurance. Mm. The assurance. Watch this. The confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Watch this. Faith perceiving as real fact What is not the key word in that? I love it because it said the title deed. It says faith is the there it is, the comfort or the title deed. And I don't know if you understand what a title deed is. A title deed is similar to uh, uh, like a receipt, but it's a legal document that has been signed that gives proof of purchase that has been made and that the person that that whose name is on the title deed is proof. That whatever property is involved belongs to them. I'll never forget that that, that, that when we had the title deed of our house in Georgia, uh, and when we left the lawyer's office after signing all the paperwork, watch this. Once we finished our signature on that paperwork, we had a title deed. Now watch this. When I looked at that title deed. It had the address of our house, the location of our house, certain descriptions all in a packet about our house. But watch this. Right then and there, once the signature was made, the house was mine. Now, we had not lived in the house. We had not moved in the house. Nothing in the house was, at that point in time, belonged to us. But but before I got there, or before it got to me, It wasn't mine when we moved all our stuff in. It wasn't mine when we got there with the U-Haul. It was ours the moment we signed the title deed. And that title deed, watch this, was substance in my hand and assurance of what had been purchased and what I'm saying to you when you talk about faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen Some, you got the faith is what reaches out and grabs the promise and says it's mine right now and just because I don't see it in the natural it doesn't mean that it's not on the way in the spirit because come on somebody there was a price that was paid on Calvary there was a purchase that was made through the blood of the cross and I got a book of t- title deeds that tells me what belongs to me because of what the blood of Jesus has paid for when's the last time you looked at your title deeds and saw what belongs to you what you don't know can hurt you and what you don't know the enemy will try to keep from you but that's why you have to get in the word of God when situations and circumstances come up no I'm gonna scroll through my title deed and say nope online Matthew 6. 633, I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto me when my children start acting crazy I got a title deed promise that says believe on the Lord Jesus thou and the household shall be saved, when's the last time you looked up what belongs to you, when's the last time you studied what Christ paid for you, the reason why the enemy is going through and snatching things from us, we don't focus on the title Deed, but in Jesus' name, I declare after this service, you're gonna get in the title deed of your promises and start walking out and start taking and start possessing and getting everything that God has promised you. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise. Oh, I feel my help now. Understand the Bible said the elders obtained. A good report by it. And what's interesting in the New King James Version, the scripture says, "Why watch this. If you read Hebrews 11, go back and read it for homework tonight and study it. You need a faith to understand what I just said. But it says, by faith, 18 times. 18 times. By faith, 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 by faith. And then it gets to the 19th in verse 33, I think. It says through faith. The first time it speaks of faith, it was speaking, watch this, of possessing things. By faith they possessed this. By faith they took this territory. By faith this happened. By faith they gained. And then it says by faith they were able to do this. And by faith. But then it says through faith. Because most of the articles that it laid out spoke of faith that possesses or even faith that prevents. But when you get down to to verse 33, it says through faith, which means that faith is not always about what you possess it's not always what you're about what you're able to prevent but sometimes you got to have through faith in other words it's the faith to persevere because sometimes uh, you know come on god won't stop the storm but god will steal you in the storm oh somebody come on if you're with me come on Sometimes it's not always going to be the faith that stops and to prevent. It's going to be a faith that helps you endure. Sometimes I think that's the greater faith, in my opinion, because anybody can do it when everything is all right. But sometimes it's the faith you need when all hell is breaking out, when nothing around you resembles the promise, but you still lift your hands up and say, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth when nothing looks like praiseworthy. See, watch this. Let me give you an example. See, you have the apostle Paul and the apostle Peter. Two apostles in a boat in a storm. Let me show you what faith does in two different situations. The Bible said it took faith for Peter, an apostle in a storm to step out of the boat. But the Bible says in the book of Acts, That the apostle Paul in a boat in a storm, it took faith, watch this, to stay in the boat. Because God said, if you get out of the boat, you're going to die. But stay in the boat and you're going to live. The boat was falling apart, but God said, stay in. See, in one situation with one apostle, it took faith to step out. But in another situation with another apostle, it took faith to stay in. We like the faith. See, I'm glad you got faith to step out of complacency and step out of mediocrity and step out and do great things. But I want to know, do you have the faith to stay in when things are falling apart? Do you have faith to stay? Oh, I'm going to preach now. When it looks like the marriage is falling apart, do you have faith to stay in the boat? When it looks like all hell is breaking out on the job and they're handing out pink slips, do you have faith to stay in? the boat. The enemy would love to get some of you right now It's trying to pull you out of the boat of your miracle because what it looks like, everything is falling apart, everything is falling down, nothing is coming in line and it's real easy to get out but the word of the Lord to you right now, faith says stay in the boat even if everything comes down that all you have is a plank and a promise, God guaranteed if you stay in it, I'll make sure you get to the shore if you stay in it I'll show you that what I promised you will come to pass if you stay in it I can turn that marriage around and heal it and restore it and revive it does anybody believe in the God that is able to keep us from falling faith to step out faith to stay in the Bible said that this woman She was a certain woman, and I don't have time to go into a certain woman. But the scripture said she was a certain woman, and for 12 long years, 12 long years, she was suffering from this flow, this bloody mess, these issues for 12 years. And let me just jump into this real quick because, you know, and I shared it last week, but you need to get the understanding. This was not just some some. You know, in our mindset or in our Western culture, we would think, oh, that's just the female problem. You know, she'll be all right. That happens. But what you have to understand that this was not the situation. This was a Jewish woman who was dealing with a flow, that there were certain laws and restrictions that 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 that, that uh, concerning these different things that were totally against her. Let me give it to you like this. The law said if you, any woman dealing with a flow or hemorrhaging or bleeding, watch this Actually, she could not touch her husband. Maternally, she could not have children. Domestically, whatever she touched was considered unclean. Spiritually, she could not enter into the temple to worship. Socially, she was ostracized. Physically, she was exhausted. And can I say this? Financially, she was broke. That covers every area of life. That represents all the possible issues that any of us could have. Issues socially, maritally, financially, physically. She had them all. It wasn't just the flow, but she had a wide range of issues. Understand, the Bible said she suffered from many physicians. She spent all she had. Here's what gets me. And the Bible said she was no better, but she got worse. Issues, let me just say this, let me jump to this point. Issues are always God's invitations for his intervention. God is never intimidated by your issues, your messes are just magnets for his majesty. Issues are invitations. Issues are saying, God, I need you. Issues, has to be talked about it this morning. I was over there going crazy because I said, I'm talking about issues too. <laughs> but they're invitations. Did you hear me? For God's intervention in our life. In other words, when you have issues, if it's not an invitation for you to pull away, it's actually an invitation for you to come near. But watch this. Despite all the odds that were stacked against her, Despite being alienated and ostracized and regardless of the challenges. Watch this. It was her faith, the Bible said, that overcame the obstacles. It was her faith that turned brokenness into blessingness. It was her faith, the scripture said, that silenced the voices of defeat and discouragement. It was her faith that overcame 12 years of misery, agony, and pain. It was this faith... What is what created a desperation for change in her life? Oh, gosh. Did you hear what I said? Faith created a desperation for change in her life. She had lost her family. Watch this. She had lost her friends. She had lost all her money. And she was about to lose or run out of time. The Bible said something hit this woman, and I'm going to show you in a minute. But could it be that she says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of being in the same old place, experiencing the same old thing, doing the same old stuff, hearing the same old thing. It's time for a change in my life. Watch this. Her faith, here's what I want to get to, created a desperation That brought forth determination in her life. Watch this. Her desperation. Watch this. It actually created a divine detour. Mm. Her desperation. Got Jesus off his initial destination. Jesus if you read the story in context. Was on his way to heal another little girl's life. On his way. But this woman that got desperate desperation created a divine detour that set her up for a collision with Christ. Mm. She got so desperate and she got so hungry that when she began to pursue Christ the Bible said he came to a halt and stopped and could it be at that moment in the busyness of all that he was having to do taking care of the universe healing people preaching to people teaching to people going to the funeral home going to the hospital pastor? counseling all this stuff that he had to do but yet when desperate faith that was desperate came to him he was willing to put the whole universe on hold and turn his full attention to one woman who was desperate enough to come after him like nobody else would desperation created a divine detour she was, she was so desperate that she came to the point, watch this, that she realized he's my only option. See, as long as we have options, we'll never get desperate. But faith becomes optimal when there are no options. When she got so desperate, she said, I only have Jesus to get to. The scripture said, some of us have not gotten desperate because we're still dependent. As long as you are dependent upon your own strength, as long as you're dependent upon your own ability, as long as you're dependent on what friends say and people say and even what family say, as long as you have your plan B and plan C all the way to to Z, as long as you're dependent on your own ability, you will never get desperate. This woman came to a point where she says I am desperate for a change in my life. The question is, is the situation that you're facing or the issues that you're going through or the circumstances or the hardship that you're up against. Have they created a desperation in you enough that you've become sick and tired of sick and tired that you draw a line in the spirit with faith and said, this has to stop right here. It's been too long. It's gone by too much. I can't keep going in these circles because see, there comes a point that you just got to get desperate like Jacob got desperate and say, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm going to hold on if I got to wrestle with you all night. If I got to wrestle you with you in prayer, if I got to wrestle with you in worship, if I got to wrestle you with you in praise, if I got to wrestle with you in the word, I will wrestle you all night long until something in my life changes. Desperation is what Hannah got when she began to pray so hard that words could not come out of her mouth. She'd be desperation looked like she was intoxicated. The scripture said, but she wasn't intoxicated. She wasn't deaf, dumb and mute. What she was, was desperate, desperate to give birth to something that can make a change in this earth. Is anybody in here desperate this evening to touch God and to get to God that you are not satisfied? Oh, I got to get to where I'm going. What happened? Let me, are you ready? Let me just get this. The Bible said, practically, what did this all, how did this all get stirred up in her? The Bible said three things that happened. Are you ready? The Bible said she heard. The Bible said she said. And the Bible said she came. The Bible said that she heard about Jesus. Up until this point, all she heard was about what was wrong, what wasn't right. All she heard about how bad her issues were. And it was until she heard something different, she was able to do something different. Why is that important? Watch this. Because the Bible said to take heed how we hear and to take heed what we hear. In other words, the Bible says it like this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everything that she had heard up to this point had not produced any faith in her life. Everything that she heard up to this point only created doubt, only created misery, only created pain, only created turmoil. But it was only when she began to hear Jesus that faith came. Oh, I got to preach here. Notice the scripture said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God it didn't say faith comes by, by feelings your feelings won't move God pity will not move God Feeling sorry for yourself will not move. No, I'm coming for this thing. This victim's mentality will not move God. He's not moved by pity. He's not moved because you're in a bad mood. He's not moved because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Feelings do not move God. Faith moves God. And faith does not come by feelings. Feelings, watch this, they are horrible dictators. They're good indicators, but horrible dictators feelings you can let them in the car but just don't let them get behind the wheel and your feelings will have you jacked up because your feelings are fickle your feelings change your feelings vary depending on what day it is But when it comes to faith, your faith has to be anchored in something that is stable, something that is strong, something that is unchangeable. And the only thing that is stable and strong and unchangeable is God in his word. The Bible said is forever is the word of God established. Watch this. Let me show you something. Faith comes by hearing and not by feelings. Understand this, faith comes, the Bible said, but watch this, by hearing, but then it says by hearing the word of God. Wait a minute. He, 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 he said, let me specify this. Notice faith comes by hearing, period. But then he says, and hearing by the word of God. Because it is possible to have faith in a lie. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 you got quiet on me. Notice he added, he didn't just say faith come by hearing. He said, faith come by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Because oftentimes what you constantly hear, you will begin to believe whether it's true or not. Because some of us grew up hearing uh, how bad we were, how messed up we were, how we would never amount to anything. We would always be poor. We would always be stuck. We'll never be better than our father. We'll never do anything different from our mother. We heard all you are are the remains. All you are are a mess up and a mistake. And because that's what you currently heard, you start believing what you heard. And now you've been left. And watch this. Your life and your choices are a result of your belief system. System. And because you've been, li- watch this, Be- because you've been believing a lie, you start living a lie. and that's the enemy's strategy to get you and I to believe a lie so that we can live a lie. But I'm thankful that the Bible said that Jesus Christ was manifested that he would destroy the works of the devil and that's why his word is important. Satan is the father of lies but Jesus is truth. His word tells you really who you are, what you can have and what you can really do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god why is that important the one text said hearing by the words spoken by christ because see when god speaks to you god doesn't speak to your flesh he speaks to your spirit god i'm teaching this he speaks that's what's wrong you're looking for something in your flesh you ain't gonna get it he speaks to your spirit because that's where faith starts in my spirit faith begins in the unseen and then it manifests in oh my god in the scene that's why he speaks to your spirit and not to your flesh and oftentimes what he speaks to your spirit watch this will contradict what you feel and contradict what you see but just because your surroundings contradict what you heard doesn't mean what you heard is not true what i've come to find now often the thing that i hear in my spirit is more than the things I see in my life so I got to make sure that I'm hearing what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking expressively can I demonstrate this for a minute see that's what happened to Elijah Elijah the Bible said was in a famine and a drought and the scripture said that he stood up watch this he said I hear the sound of the abundance of rain wait a minute we're in a drought Wait a minute, we're in Southern California. Wait a minute, we're in famine. Wait a minute. We haven't seen rain in years. What do you mean you hear? People are looking around, looking up. What do you mean? There ain't even a cloud. It ain't even Southern. There's not even a cloud in the sky. What do you mean you hear? What he was saying was I hear something down in my spirit that's given me faith to possess something that I don't see yet. And here's what you got to do. He doesn't tell us about how to hear it. He says, once you hear it, this is what you got to do. The scripture said he went and found himself a place and he bowed down and put his head between his knees and began rocking back and forth and he sent his servant and he said go and tell me what you see the servant came back and said I don't see nothing he said go again he came back and said I don't see nothing he said go again he came back and said man I don't see nothing he said I said said go again and he did it the bible said for seven times and on the seventh time the bible said that he said I see a cloud up the size of a man's hand but notice the servant didn't see it with his eyes in the natural until the prophet heard it in his spirit first and what you got to do sometimes you got to get on your knees you got to put your head between your knees and say I know what God told me I'm going to focus on what God said I'm not going to listen to what people are talking about I'm not going to look at the circumstance I hear the sound of an abundance of rain I hear breakthrough coming to my marriage. I hear provisions coming to my job. I hear healing coming to my body. Do you hear the sound of an abundance of rain? Give Jesus a shout of praise if you can hear what the Spirit is speaking. I'm going to shut every voice out, I'm going to shut out every naysayer. I'm gonna shut out every doomsayer and I'm gonna keep hearing. I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep believing. I'm gonna keep holding on to what God told me. I know you don't see it, but I see it. I know you don't feel it, but I feel it. I know you can't hear it, but I hear it. I hear it. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Here, I hear it. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you hearing? Are you hearing what he's saying? What are you hearing? Have you gotten so busy that you don't have time to hear? The Bible said, if you listen, the Bible said he waketh my ear to hear in the morning. That's why it's important to get along with God. That's why it's important to have a devotion time. He said, I awaken your ear to hear. He said, I awaken it to hear because I want to speak. I want to say something. The Bible says she heard, and the scripture said, "Watch this." After she heard, say she heard something. I said, "Say she heard something." <laughs> okay, y- 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 y'all can't hear me. <laughs> no wonder we in what no, I'm explaining. <laughs> I'll give it. You were listening for the sound. He, she heard, but watch this. Watch this. She said, "Say she said." If I only can touch but the hem of his garments, I shall be made well. She said, if I only, she said it. And the Bible says she was saying this to herself. Sometimes you gotta, she she didn't see, she didn't have nobody to talk to because nobody was around to talk to. So she talked to herself. See, I'm thankful for the Jonathan that can come to a David when he's in a wilderness. And that's great. Who will encourage him in the things of the Lord. But sometimes God won't send a Jonathan. Sometimes God will put you at zigzag, And you won't be in the wilderness, but you'll be at zigzag. The wilderness, he'll send a buddy. But at zigzag, he said, you're going to have to talk to yourself. Cause everybody around you is talking crazy. But now you gotta learn to preach to yourself. Now you got to learn to hum to yourself. Now you got to get spiritual schizophrenia and walk around and look crazy. People think you've lost your mind. People think you're crazy. People think you're talking to yourself. Yeah, I am talking to myself. I'm telling myself what God has said about myself. And sometimes you got to learn to preach to yourself. You can't wait till Sunday and wait on a sermon. You can't wait till Wednesday night Bible study. What happens on Thursday? What happens on Friday? What happens? You're gonna be bound up until Sunday. No, start talking to yourself. She said, If I, if I watch this, can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Watch this. Notice what she said. I shall be made whole. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? that she's talking whole even though she's broken God almighty (laughs) she's not speaking in what she's facing she's speaking about what she's going to walk in She's not speaking about what she's walking through. She's speaking about what she's going to walk in. She I know she she said I know I'm broken, but that's not my confession. She said I shall be made whole. You got to make sure that your mouth lines up with what you're believing in your heart. You can't walk in victory and talk defeat. The Bible said we are snared by the words of our mouth. You cannot talk negative and plane and expect to see God move. He moves when we speak words of faith. See, that's why Jeremiah said, he said, is not the word like a hammer that breaks? You know what that means? Every time I speak God's word in faith, every time I declare God's word in faith from a place of conviction, a conviction, a confession that's rooted in conviction. Jeremiah said, when you speak those words, it's like a hammer. Every time I declare it, it hits. Every time I declare it hits again every time i declare it it hits again i don't know one time our our icebreaker got all messed up and i had to pull our ice maker got messed up i had to pull the whole thing out of the refrigerator and i remember i had a little hammer and i had a knife and i had to i had to start pecking at it pecking at it pecking because see the whole thing got clogged up and nobody couldn't get any ice and that was not good And so I started pecking at it. I start hitting. I mean, I was hitting hard, but there was a chunk there and a chunk there and a chunk there and a chunk there. But I'll never forget, Pastor Ben. I don't know what I did. I felt like I was doing the same thing. But when I got to about the 13th I must have hit a spot that the whole thing just collapsed in the sink. It all broke loose. See, what am I trying to tell you? That's why you don't stop speaking. That's why you don't stop declaring. That's why you don't stop professing. Every time you speak the word, it's bink to that mountain. Every time you declare God's goodness, it's bink to that mountain. And you don't know if you are one confession away of the whole thing breaking loose, if you will keep confessing keep declaring this mountain shall be moved she she said I'll be made heard I'm gonna preach she said I shall I shall let me show you something I'm gonna share this real quick and I'm gonna get to the third one she she came do you know that quantum physics watch this will tell you that atoms this is in the science world that atoms neutrons and protons actually respond to human words scientists have literally watched atoms neutrons and protons become excited and respond positively as positive words were spoken to them they have also literally watched as atoms neutrons and protons slow down Becoming irresponsive and seemingly lifeless as negative words were spoken to them. Watch this. Look at what this article said. It says the source of everything that lives, atoms, neutrons, and protons respond negatively or positively depending on the words being spoken over them. It is a, listen, a scientific fact. Science have proven this. To the point, watch this. It has made believers out of many quantum physics that says life has to exist somewhere else. This debunks all of our theories. Do you understand what it's saying? That the molecules is what make up everything in this earth. But when I was reading that, I said, well, wait a minute. That's no new news. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and darkness was one on the face of the earth and the spirit of God hovered over the waters and the Bible said God said let there be light when God spoke molecules, protons neutrons had to get in order because a God was speaking his word and he said the same words I spoke I've given unto you you can call those things that are not as though they were you have the words that can touch the very foundation of creation she came she said she, she she heard she heard something she said I heard I heard I heard and then the Bible says she said she said I, said I said I said I said I'm glad you heard I'm glad you're speaking but we're incomplete it's good to hear it's good to speak But then the Bible says she came. In other words, she did something. Faith is not doing nothing. You can't do nothing and be in faith. The Bible says she did something. Watch this. Faith is an act. Okay. Want some scripture? Glad you asked. (laughs) Faith without works is dead faith without corresponding action is dead she had to do she was hearing she was speaking but if all she do was heard and spoke and stayed in the same place nothing would have never happened but she had to start doing something whoo and the bible says she came she start doing let me just say this faith is not believing God for a job and you don't fill out no applications. <laughs> Faith is not, oh yeah, I'm here. Yeah, ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho. Faith is not believing for a job, you have no resume. Faith is not believing God to lose weight and you still eating the way you eat, <laughs> exercising the way you exercise, none at all. You can't have faith to get out of debt if you're still spending money that you have on things that you don't need, trying to impress people that you don't know. Oh, what happened? did the faith go out of the room i'm here to declare to you faith is an act you have to have corresponding actions lined up to your confession and what you have been hearing i'm glad you'll believe in god how many phone calls have you made how many attempts have you made you can't be i just sit back and do nothing and expect god to do everything you've got to do something i gotta hurry come to the music Watch this. She did something. What did she do? The Bible said, watch this. She came from behind him. She came from behind him and pressed through the crowd. And touched the hem of his garment. Wow. Oh God. Watch this. She came from behind him. Behind him. In other words, if she came from behind, watch this. There was some distance from where she was to where he was. She came from behind. And when I was studying that, I wrote it down. In other words, there was a gap between where she was and what she needed. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, that's what faith does. Faith makes up the difference. It makes up the difference. It gets you where you cannot get yourself. Notice she came behind. Faith will always make up the difference. In other words, faith takes what's not enough and makes it more than enough. Take. Faith will take the minimum and do the maximum. It'll take the minute and move the mighty. Mustard seed, mountain. Faith will take two fish and five loaves. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. There's a gap between where I am and what I need to be. I'm telling you some of you saying, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. I don't have this. I don't have this. My question is, do you have faith? If you have faith, faith can make up the difference and get you where you need to be even though you currently don't have what you think you need to get there she came up from behind she pressed through the crowd i don't know the bible said she had to come through the crowd the crowd The crowd of opposition. Let me tell you something. Anytime you start stepping out on faith, the crowd will rise up. The crowd of naysayers. The crowd that will tell you why you can't do what God has called you to do. The crowd that will tell you that you're crazy for believing like that. The crowd that will try to talk you out of the dream that God put in your heart. Because it don't make sense to their mind. The crowd will always come and give excuses of why you can't. But see, this woman, listen, watch this. She had to take a risk when she pressed through that crowd. Because understand, if she said, if they find me out and they know who I am, they could easily stop and stone me and, and put me to death because I'm not supposed to be in here. But watch this. That's what real faith is. Faith. I love what pastor says. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. She said, I can risk everything. Or I can stay here and end up losing everything. But I'd rather take a risk and get healed than do nothing than just stay here and die. I'm willing to risk it all. But I got to press through the crowd. The crowd of opposing voices. Crowd of... Some, some, some of you need to press through the crowd of your own family members. That are jealous of you. Because you're doing what they only desire to do. And instead of getting the faith like you get, they get mad at you. But the crowd will shut you down if you're not careful. I felt this and I wrote this down. Watch this. The crowd is critics, resistors, opposers, whiners, and doubters. But watch this right here. The Bible said this, that in 1 John 5 and 4, whatsoever is born, of, is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Watch this. Even our faith. Did you catch that? That overcomes the world. Even our faith. What, right there in 1 John, what he's referring to, that word overcome is the word Nikos which means superior conqueror or ultimate champion. And what it speaks of is when they would take these champions and who, who, had, who had become champions of their athleticism or the sphere of sport that they were in, and they were known for being champions, and they would put them right down in the middle of the arenas where they would, where they would compete. But also, they would put them facing their opposition. Which means when you think about that as faith, sometimes faith will put you right in the middle of opposition. But what, what the scripture is teaching us, the picture that is painting, it says it doesn't matter what opposition that you put faith in. Because the faith that we have as believers is a champion faith that cannot be defeated or cannot be overcome if we'll walk in it and if we'll grab a hold to it. Because see, these guys were guys that never lost. They always won the battle. And so no matter what tried to oppose them, when faith got right in the middle of opposition, faith guaranteed the victory if they held on to it. That's why when Peter failed when when Satan the Bible said I desire to sift you as wheat Jesus told Peter he said but I prayed for you that your faith fail not He didn't pray that Peter wouldn't fail He prayed that his faith wouldn't fail because he knew even if you fall but you keep the faith faith will always cause you to bounce back I'm not worried about you falling I'm more concerned about you keeping the faith because a righteous man falls down several times, but he gets back up again. And the only way he can get up again if he keeps the faith. Failure is never, fi- it's never final for a faith-filled believer. But you have to get through the crowd. What's your crowd today? What's your crowd? Because see, Either you're going to listen to the, watch this, the voice of the crowd, or you can listen to the voice of the cloud. Watch this. In the same Hebrews chapter 11, and you jump over to Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Now therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, they were referring to the people of faith. They said you need to see that we as believers right here in this arena of life. We are surrounded by a greater cloud of witnesses that are cheering you and I on saying stay in the faith. Keep holding on. Keep believing because if you'll hold on I promise your breakthrough will come. Your miracle will come. Your blessing will come. Come on your healing would come because see The cloud of witnesses, I'm here to tell somebody, is greater than the crowd of opposers. There's a witness. That's why church is important. Because you're in a great cloud of witnesses. That's why coming to the house of God is important. Because when you may come in with all the crowd noise of your issues, but when you come into an environment like this, there's witnesses in here. And when the witness begin to worship and the witness begin to praise and the witness begin to pray and the witnesses begin to declare and the witness begin to proclaim when the witnesses begin to cloud and the witnesses begin to shout that witness, that cloud of witness becomes greater than the crowd. Come on of opposing voices and faith begins to rise in your heart I begin to get something in here that I didn't have when I came in but it's something about the shouts and the praises and the voices of the clouds of the witness that silences the voice of the crowd stand to your feet I'm done thank you for listening to this week's podcast we hope you are blessed